You're listening to the Whiskey Investment Podcast, the brand new show bringing you all the latest news, insights, panels and interviews on the world of whiskey investments. Dig deeper into the highest return asset class of the past decade and look beyond the numbers. The Whiskey Investment Podcast is brought to you by VCL Vintners, the UK's leading whiskey cast merchant. Find more online at vclvintners.london. Hello and welcome to this month's podcast brought to you by VCL Vintners, the London-based whiskey cask merchant which approaches the market from a financial perspective to maximise returns for clients. I'm Alwyn Gwilt, whiskey journalist and brand ambassador. In this month's podcast, we're delving deeper into the world of whiskey tariffs. For anyone who missed last month's episode, make sure to hear Rob Marin from the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States give an insight into the impact the removal of tariffs between the US and UK will have on the whiskey industry. Now we take a look at the wider world of whiskey tariffs in India, Australia, and further afield, exploring their impact on investors with VCL's founder and partner, Ben Lancaster. First, though, a look at some of the latest news from the world of whiskey. The distillery scene continues to expand with new whiskey releases and ground laid for new builds. In Bristol, the Circumstance Distillery has become the first to release a whiskey in the city in over 80 years. The single-grain whiskey has been matured in an ex-bourbon cask and is limited to 500 bottles. Meanwhile, an area historically famed for whiskey production is set to see a new distillery build after nearly 200 years of silence. The Cabrach Distillery in Moray, Scotland, saw its first stone of the project laid, heralding the beginning of a new era in whiskey production for the area which was well known for producing high-quality Scotch whiskey in the 1820s following the Excise Act of 1823. All distilleries slowly closed over the years, and the new site, which has gained funding of £3.5 million, will focus on telling the heritage of the area alongside the whisky making. Finally, an interesting project in Edinburgh has received significant funding to further research turning waste from distilleries into omega 3 oils using specialized algae. My algae looks to first delve into the pet food sector before eventually creating supplements for humans. And now to this month's podcast, where we learn more about the impacts of whiskey tariffs from around the world with Ben Lancaster of VCL. Ben, welcome to the podcast. So given the recent changes to the UK and US relations around tariffs, do you feel the tide is changing generally on these types of bilateral, kind of collateral impositions where one country is doing unto the other? (laughs) <laughs> Hi, again. Nice to see you again. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think, historically speaking, trade deals and tariffs have always been there to help a, an industry. So I think that in relation to the approach and the tide changing, you know, the fact that the US and UK have now removed any tariffs between each other is only going to be a good thing. Whether you're going to see that as a, a wider approach is still yet to be seen. I think if you look across the board, you know, there's lots of different tariff discussions that are happening all the time and you know whether it's even the UK trying to get involved in the I think it's the Trans-Pacific Trade Alliance which involves Japan there's a fair few that are ongoing I think if you look specifically at US and UK 
you, you'll see that it's sort of worse than the two levels. You have a trade level and then you've got that political level. I mean, obviously, the reason for those tariffs being imposed were, were basically down to Airbus and the other airline, which I can't remember, which is what sort of kickstarted it all. You have like the SWA, which represents Scottish whiskey, and then you've got the Distilled Spirits Council representing American whiskey. And obviously, they would have been lobbying vigorously to the respective governments to make sure that there was frictionless movement of the goods and, and those tariffs were removed as a matter of urgency because ultimately it benefits a market, but there's also that other knock-on effect which you're going to see. And that's why I think that bilateral approach, you, you probably will see more of it, particularly when you're looking at like Western nations, for instance, because it's not just a case of, a, of an industry or you know it affects governments, it affects taxation, which affects a wider populace. There's also an element of it affects livelihoods from a producer perspective. And people who work within those industries. So I suppose where there's a will, there's a way is probably not a bad way to look at it. And I think certainly when you're looking at industries with, you know, American whiskey and Scottish whiskey, like case in point, when you're looking at those particular numbers of what they generate from an export perspective to each other, and they said the trickle-down effects on what that will be in terms of taxation to the respective governments or states in the US, you probably will see a bit of a change in the tide in how people approach it. As I said, I think if you look at the US and UK in particular, I think that's a real classic example of two different governments and bodies really you know, working together quite closely to reach a common goal, which is effectively to ensure that you, know, you can send goods to each other without necessarily the tariff or, or a higher rate on impact in terms of costs. Yeah, absolutely. And as you as you rightfully point out, it affects so many more people than one would initially think. Um, so I know we were speaking to Discus last month. Hopefully those uh, out there listening today got a chance to listen to last month's podcast. If they haven't, then the topic last month was looking a little bit more in depth at this issue. But it was specifically said, you, you wouldn't expect the boating industry to be impacted. But we had the boating industry at those talks. And it was because well, actually, you know, they, they run cruise ships and, oh, there's whiskey and they're going between, you know, Europe and or, you know, the UK and, and the US and, and little things like that. And, and it was just, it affects so many more people. And I think definitely that taxation part, especially as governments feel a pinch from different economic crises, the, the more opportunity for tax coming in is beneficial. So hopefully, as you say, both sides of the pond or and certainly in any future negotiations will be aware of the fact that actually the money that is coming in from these isn't just from that initial sale. Yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah, and like I said, it's, it's not just this, it's, it's everything from raw materials to, to the liquid itself to, you know, whoever's distributing it, you know, it's, it, it affects every single element of it. The less cost attached to it, the more people are going to push it and sell it and, and feel a wider benefit, generally speaking. And that's obviously, you know, been a good news story over the past year or so with first the US and then and then the UK removing those tariffs. The next country I think a lot of people are looking to, of course, is India, because there have been some negotiations going on with that. And I don't know how much listeners know, but the tariffs for bringing Scotch whiskies into India are incredibly strict. It's over 150%, and those have been very long-standing. Um, now, the UK is working to renegotiate that following the departure from the EU. I'm just curious more from, I guess, the cask investment side or investors from other countries. Do you think that will impact cask investment from investors in India? Because there's a huge portion of the population there that absolutely loves Scotch whiskey. So I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that side, whether or not if those tariffs are finally maybe renegotiated or taken away completely, if that would impact anything on the investment side. Yeah, I think it will. In short, we get inquiries from investors based in India 
fairly frequently, as you can imagine. As you said, I mean, in terms of consumption, I mean, India, even with 150% tariff, they consume a lot of scotch. I think it's something like 97% of the population or drinking population in India drink spirits. And I think a lot of that will be scotch. Again, if you look at tariffs and you look at 150%, even with percentage of the population that drinks liquid spirits, which is that high, I think the UK only has a a 2% share of all the bottles sold over there. So I think it's around 50 million in total. I think the impact of a reduction in tariff, there there will naturally be an upside, I think, just generally across the board. And I think a a feel-good factor would obviously overspill into investors and cask investors because ultimately, when you've got such a huge population, which at the moment, whilst they drink a lot of scotch, is you know nowhere near what it could be, it stands to reason that if that tariff is reduced, it stands to reason if you go from 150% to, say, 40 then naturally they're going to drink more. I think that's been reflected in a, in a, from a wider industry perspective in, in Scotland at the moment because the majors who own you know, the Diageos of the world and the Beams and whatever else, you know, they've got one eye on India. And I think that if that tariff does get reduced, then ultimately they're not going to want to miss out on that. So what you're seeing at the moment, and this is the feedback we're getting from, from sort of boots on the ground in Scotland, I guess, is that a lot, where those, the majors have got that eye on India, liquid is being held back a little bit more. Because ultimately, if, for instance, that tariff does come down and there is a rush on Scottish imports into India, then I don't think any distillery or any distillery owner wants to miss out on that. So they don't want to be caught short. Yeah, and not have enough supply. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I think they're holding back a wee bit more than they would do normally, just with one eye on that. I mean, you said hopeful on change or you know, alluded to that. Indian tariff trade agreement has been spoken about for years, well over 10 years. It's been there or thereabout. Maybe this time around, you might see something a bit more concrete. Britain's not part of the EU. There's probably more appetite for a deal, particularly from maybe a British perspective. However, you look at the EU or other countries, I think they've been actively negotiating with India for a long, long time. And trade deals, just generally speaking, take a long time anyway. But then the other side of that is, you know, Indian government and British governments have a historical ties that go back for a long, long time. There's a, a movement of population between the two countries. And, you know, there, there's all those sort of nuances that get taken into account. Could well be a benefit. But I think it just from a wider perspective, I think if, naturally, if there's a tariff reduction, then it would stand to reason that that overspill would benefit investors. Because ultimately, if you've got such a huge landmass with a large population who consume liquid, the liquid supply is finite. So if you're getting more consumption, there's more of a draw on the supply chain. The more on the draw of supply chain, naturally, the prices of liquid will tend to increase. Absolutely. And in terms of the investment side, if you had investors from India investing in casks, the only major impact to them whilst these tariffs are in place is if they bottle that liquid and take it into India. Is that correct? For us as a, as a company, that's one of the wider benefits of whiskey cask investment is that ultimately you don't have a vehicle there where you're actively exporting out of the country. Obviously, casks in Scotland are all stored within Scotland, so they're not going anywhere. And if you're looking at, even if you take it from a new field perspective, and you, know, you might have 15, 20 years worth of ageing in that. And a lot can change within that period. You're not immediately impacted by any tariffs. And, you know, even particularly with looking at the UK and US when there were tariffs in place, I think primarily that probably impacted bottlers more. But then, you know, the wider industry had to act and they changed an approach and there was a shift in how goods were moved. I think air freight became more popular than cargo ships because 
whilst the air freight is a bit more of a cheaper option to actually send goods over to America. So therefore, there was a cost mitigation there that they had to be introduced. So, you know, I think when you look at just generally how the market adapts to different conditions, but yeah, I mean, I think if you've got an asset like a cask, which is stored in the UK, any immediate effect of tariffs isn't necessarily an area for too much concern. Another country, obviously, recent this year, I feel like a lot has actually been going on in this space, certainly within the last kind of six to eight months, give or take. But um, Australia also dropped tariffs, which I don't know if that hit many people's radars, but um, uh, certainly a small country, not a massive importing country. But for you, as you see these changes happening across the global marketplace, does that impact how you maybe target consumers in other countries or where you look for future opportunities as well? Or is it still mostly the main markets that you're kind of looking towards? First and foremost, a lot of our our overseas clients effectively come to us. The market will find its way to us. I don't necessarily think it's for us to target a particular area or demographic. What Australia, I suppose, as you said, is and rightly said, is, is that if you look over the last 12 months or so, there's been a, a lot of examples of, of reductions in tariffs. Personally, my belief is, is that that reflects a wider appetite for scotch. And Australia has its own domestic whiskey market, which is, again, it's, you know, they produce some really good whiskey. I can't remember the top of my head. I think it's probably over 300 distilleries in Australia, but I think around 50 actively have single malt on the market. Very much still a growing space, but it has been growing substantially in the last decade. It's, it's certainly the tide has turned over there a lot. Again, it reinforces an appetite for scotch, but also reinforces just, I think, global whiskey as a market is increasing. You know, there's a lot more appetite for it. So as I said, in terms of target consumers, overseas clients will come to us. So for us, it's about facilitating what their needs are, whether it's a particular distillery or age statement or whatever it may be. In terms of the impacts of like a tariff, it sort of, I guess, would be the same as any tariff reduction. It's only going to benefit the market. It's only going to mean that there's more exports, there's more awareness as well. And again, if you tie that back into, say, cask investors, the more brand awareness that you have for particular distilleries, wherever it is in the world, there's going to be an upside to that liquid and the availability from a cask perspective, because casks and bottles are very different markets in terms of how they operate, but they are also correlated in different ways. As I said, that brand awareness growing. So I think the knock-on effect of tariffs, just wherever they may be, wherever that reduction may be, I think even New Zealand had a tariff reduction maybe, or certainly there was a trade agreement, which I think included whiskey. Wherever country those agreements may be between, you know, ultimately, if you've got a tariff reduction, it means that there is an upside to people who want to buy that. There's a cost saving. And I think what that then does is have a benefit to the wider market, which will then, again, benefit cask investment because the liquid itself is, is going to be being consumed at a higher rate and it's going to mean it's going to be more desirable and therefore, again, impacting supply and increasing pricing. Generally speaking, quite a lot of upside to any kind of removal of tariffs and the trend we've been seeing over this past year. Are there any concerns when it comes to trade tariffs and Scotch whiskey? Anything you're kind of keeping an eye on or, or you feel like the things are, are feeling generally quite positive in this space? I'd say that at the moment, there's a general era positivity. When the, the tariffs were introduced between the US and, and the UK, naturally, as we alluded to earlier on, look, you've, you've got people's livelihoods being affected at every level. You know, it's not just big business and corporate, you know, Diageo's of the world and Beebe Suntories. It's everybody else who's employed by them. The whiskey sector in, in Scotland is a huge employer. And again, it, you know, it's, it sort of benefits everybody's 
you know, life in, in some way if you work within the sector. So, and when those tariffs were introduced, naturally, there was, as you would expect, there was concern. And the SWA moved quickly. There was, you know, they were lobbying from, from the get-go to try and get that reduced. And as, as I alluded to earlier on, you know, those tariffs remain introduced for a political reason more than anything else. But the concern, I would say that ultimately, any concern will be driven by what that tariff then does to the confidence within the market. If you're a business or you're a distillery owner and you're looking at a tariff being introduced on your goods, which means you're not going to be able to have access to a billion pound market, then it stands to reason that you're going to take a different approach with how, you know, whether you're going to hold back on production, you know, are you going to invest money into certain avenues, you know, do projects get put on hold? The wider impact would be confidence and that confidence then impacts in on how those distilleries, how those businesses take a view on where they're investing. Because ultimately, if you've got projects in the pipeline and those projects are destined for these particular areas, again, if that gets pulled, that has an impact on the wider populace. So yeah, I think that from my own personal perspective, I would say, I don't know if you say concern, whether that be the right word, but certainly I think tariffs do have an impact on, on investment and having an impact on investment and how funds are distributed naturally you know, it's, it's not necessarily going to be beneficial for everybody involved in that industry. I guess as well, there's an impact on, on even on supply chain and things like that. It's, you know, it's multifaceted, I guess. Absolutely. And it's such a long-term business that so many decisions need to be made with five, 10 years looking into the future. And, and how do you forecast that when, when there is that animosity potentially between things from a political level that you don't really have control over? Because I think a lot of these tariffs, you know, certainly the US and UK ones came about not unexpectedly. <laughs> and how does an industry that's planned 10 years down the line plan for something like that? And how does that? So yeah, absolutely. But I guess it's also about the adaptability and the flexibility of the industry and being able to, as you say, make those little decisions behind the scenes, say to hold on to extra liquid in case, say a market opens up or, or something changes. So lots of factors, but as always, super interesting. And Ben, thank you so much for your insight into this, because we delved into it a little bit last month, but it's always good to get a wider picture of what's happening globally, not only from a tariff perspective, but just also for, well, very much for how it impacts the investment side of things. So thank you so much for your insight and your time today. It's been great getting a chance to catch up with you again. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, it's been nice to catch up with you too. Absolutely, Ben. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we'll no doubt catch up with you again soon on another topic of interest to all of our listeners. Thanks so much for joining us for another Whiskey Podcast. We here at VCL Vintners hope you'll agree that was a really interesting look into the wider world of whiskey tariffs and, of course, how they impact both investors and the whiskey market for the years to come. Make sure to tune in next month when we'll be exploring more stories in the world of whiskey. I'm Alwyn Gwilt, wishing you an enjoyable and whiskey-filled month ahead.